Hi, I'm Jeremy Kirk, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group. Supply chain risks are faced by nearly all organizations and can be at the root of data breaches, but there are ways to mitigate those risks. I'm speaking today with Chet Vizhnevsky, who is a Principal Research Scientist at Sophos. Thank you for joining me, Chet. Thanks for having me. So how would you sum up the landscape of the risks that organizations are facing through their software and hardware supply chains? Well, I think it's shifting and changing a lot in the last 18 months or so. And I think there's a a lack of understanding of uh, what supply chain really risk means to a business. I think most folks think of supply chain risk like, you know, the way you might break into a defense contractor through the side door of their supply chain. And of course, that's true, except what's changed in the last couple of years is it's not really about necessarily having to be a defense contractor in order to be a target of these types of attacks. We're seeing it sort of come down market. Uh, as we've gotten better at defending our uh, endpoints against you know, drive-by web attacks, and we're getting better at you know, sandboxing and filtering emails, those types of things, criminals are looking for another way to get malicious code into our environments. And the supply chain seems to be the preferred and growing method uh, throughout 2018 and 19. And I just wrote about last week about Avast with their CCleaner utility. So once again, uh, they blogged about an attempted attack that they think was aimed at CCleaner. And then, of course, uh, a couple of years ago, there was a successful attack that distributed a Trojanized version of that application. Is that kind of what we're talking about on the software side? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, without commenting on the details in the case of Avast, uh, you know, the, the interesting part about that is it's a very common way that these attacks might begin, right? You're, who knows what their ultimate destination was? It may not have been Avast, the company itself, but because they are a trusted partner of so many organizations, they might have been a gateway to, to an attack. And in that case, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, uh, the, what was released publicly is it was some like decommissioned uh, VPN accounts that were initially compromised to get into their environment. And that's, a, that's another thing that we're seeing again as a way to begin the attack cycle, uh, credential stuffing, which we're used to thinking about for, you know, criminals taking the passwords from the LinkedIn dump and trying them to get into people's email accounts, those types of things that or maybe Facebook uh, type attacks that we saw a couple of years ago. Now those same credential stuffing attacks are targeting things like your corporate VPN or remote desktop protocol to get into your servers in case your admins have not been following good hygiene as a way to, to kind of gain that sideway, uh, side door access into your environment. Yes, and I find fascinating, there's been a certain amount of talk about hardware implants too. And are, are there, is there anything that organizations can do to mitigate the risks of a secret code or secret chips that might be implanted in hardware? Uh, there's very little that can be done. And to be fair, I think there's a bit of a Occam's razor sort of uh, uh, application here, which is to say, well, why would you go to the effort? Uh, because of course, putting a hardware implant in is a significant amount of uh, both uh, labor and time for an attacker to necessarily do when there's so many other ways that we have vulnerabilities uh, in our networks and in our security protocols that would be far easier to breach us. So again, unless unless you're worried about securing the president of the United States uh, smartphone or uh, the, the nuclear football with the secret codes for launching, uh, you know, I think the hardware stuff is a bit overhyped because uh, as an adversary, I'm going to find the easiest way in. 
And whether that's maybe through something like CCleaner, or we've seen so many different uh, other types of supply chain attacks that could gain access to sensitive data through uh, abusing auto-update mechanisms from, from ACES we saw. We've seen uh, you know, Docker containers poison that your DevOps team might consume. There, there's so many other ways that are easier than hardware. I think for most organizations, that's not something to worry about themselves about too much. Do you see companies working supply chain risks and checks into their cybersecurity plans? Uh, I think we're seeing more and more of it. I mean, it's obviously certainly part of a plan for an organization like our own. And many of our clients, especially in the midsize and enterprise, uh, have a policy already, but maybe, you know, it's time to review those and strengthen them a little bit. We certainly look at where uh, our supplier software goes into our environment, and we base sort of a almost a, a traffic light protocol style assessment of a vendor. Uh, how much risk will they introduce to our environment based on where they're going to be uh, within our organization? And then based on that, we kind of have some some checklists and uh, our CISO security team has to, you know, review things that need a certain risk threshold. And uh, I think the big companies are, are pretty well established in having that, are constantly kind of reviewing and revising that protocol. Smaller companies, I don't think have, but we're recommending they start looking at that very carefully and asking a lot of questions of suppliers because we're seeing on the, on the low end of things, especially uh, a lot more use of things like managed service providers where they have complete and total remote access to a smaller mid-sized business's environment to help them manage their security and to help them manage their desktop and their patching and that kind of thing. And the criminals are targeting those MSPs uh, to gain access to, to customers. And, you know, you probably saw some headlines about a bunch of cities in the United States that were ransomed. There were a bunch of dental offices that were ransomed. Yes. And all of those were done through supplier attacks, right? So you really got to be looking at what security do my, you know, what kind of security does my supplier have? Are they using multi-factor authentication? Uh, are they segmenting their customer accounts to only be accessible by a uh, limited amount of employees or credentials? Those types of things are questions you really should be asking. And what would you say are sort of the top three tips that you'd impart on companies to help mitigate the risks around supply chain? Well, uh, number one is, you know, the use of multi-factor authentication. I think the biggest abuse we're seeing is some form of stolen credential. And whether that's a stolen credential of a, a former employee that you didn't decommission their credentials, whether that's a supplier that you're using uh, to, to help you manage your environment, in almost all of those cases, uh, it's, it comes down to stolen credentials. So having some barrier in place to prevent those stolen credentials from being abused, I think, has to be at the top of the list. Um, you know, following that, things get a lot more difficult because what we're really saying is, uh, I think the secondary one to me is consuming things automatically from untrustworthy sources. And what I mean by that is things like building applications for your, your web apps in Node.js, but not understanding uh, the source of the open source libraries and things you're using to, you know, to make an agile development environment to quickly roll out web things. I mean, almost all organizations building software and applications for their customers now are taking advantage of these frameworks, whether it's Node.js or Python libraries or using Docker and containers and Kubernetes, all these buzzwords that are out there. And the reason we do that is it allows us to be very quick to just grab something that somebody else did the basic work, and then we can layer on top our secret sauce that, you know, is special for our business. The problem is more and more of that stuff's getting poisoned with backdoors, and so it really requires careful software review, and unfortunately, that kind of goes against the whole purpose of originally doing it, right? The reason we wanted to do it was so we could be agile, and if we have to go back and do code review of somebody else's code, we're less agile, but uh, I'm afraid at this point, um, 
it, it is a real risk for organizations. They got to look at that very carefully. Uh, and then the third part, I think we already covered, which to me is that uh, looking at your suppliers and being sure that they're either being audited to your satisfaction as to their security protocols, or that you have some some basic questions around how their security hygiene works before you invite them into your world. All good tips. Thank you very much for joining me, Chet. Thanks for having me. I've been speaking with Chet Wisniewski of Sophos. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.